Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Searching for Political Identity. I'm your host, Brian Escow, and this is episode 130. I've got a great guest for you today, today my friend Herb Kay. A lot to talk to with him. I guess I'll tease it real quick. We're going to talk about a book that he wrote a few years ago called A Radical Reset and why he's pivoting back to talking about A Radical Reset rather than a project that he had worked on after that called the 1964 plan. So I'm expecting to quickly talk about the 1964 plan with him and why he's pivoting back to a radical reset. And hint, I believe it's because he thinks the American economy is going to be in a full collapse by July. So that's kind of the bummer part of the program. But let me start by saying that I'm grateful to have you here, my audience. This is my first time using StreamYard. It's my third video podcast in 130 episodes. So we're stepping it up. Very happy to be here. And I hope I'm nailing this intro, but I'm glad to have the headphones on because I got a terrible haircut and I was worried about it. And now you can't really see it. So, okay, that's my little dose of humor. And I welcome you all here. So, yeah, at the advice of my girlfriend, who I've been seeing for about three months now, I'm doing an intro. She said it's not as fun when you go right into your guests. So the only thing I can think to mention to you, audience, dear audience, is that if you've been following me, you know that I am pursuing what I believe to be right and true about government and how we should view our organize our society. Pretty simple. What I believe. I went to law school, graduated in 2022, studied critical race theory for a year in my final year and was completely thrown for a loop by that. And so here I am. But along the way, in searching for my political identity, I have developed a fascination with aliens, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. It, okay. And so maybe Herb, who has some experience in the Navy, can tell me if I need to just chill out on that subject or if it's worth being interested in. But I can tell you this. I had wine last night. Okay. Girlfriend took me out on a date with two of her friends. And let's just say one of her friends knows things that your average person wouldn't know because of what he does for a living. And let's just say that he's a machine learning data science genius guy. And basically, he told me that I'm not crazy. Okay, I'll keep it at that. So I think there are phenomena in this world that, well, let me put it this way. There are phenomena in this world that are captivating my attention and have really distracted me from my main purpose of this podcast, which was to find my political identity. And my whole thing is, how can you find your political identity when we may be dealing with aliens and things of that nature. So with that said, I hope you're nice and primed, settled settled in with your coffee or tea. I've got seven drinks. I'm ready to go. And without further ado, I'll bring on my friend Herb Kay. All right, let's click this button. Here we are. Jesus hey, Christ, I didn't, I didn't know we were going into aliens, but, you know, like everybody, I have an opinion. Well, before we get into the meat of our discussion, am I crazy for being – am I thinking about that subject too much? Should I back yeah. off? Yeah. Look. I don't know if there's aliens or there isn't. I understand the scientific arguments for and against because I'm an autodidact and read constantly. I've read mm -hmm. lots of books on this subject, but the first word, okay, and whether it's UFO or on a, the new, I forget what the new acronym is. Yeah, but what, UAP. What, UAP. The, the U stands for unidentified. And at that very point, why would we as human beings instantly go to space aliens? Okay, so to me, it says more about human psychology mm -hmm. than it says about whether or not there are actual space aliens. And I said, I use the word space alien because who knows? It could be interdimensional. It could be, it could it be could inner be, earth. 
who the hell even knows? Here's what we do know. We don't know. We know we don't know. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we know that regardless, because these phenomena have been popping up for a long time, they mean us no harm. I mean, I, I understand that there are crazies who think they've been taken up to the ship and brought back, but bullshit. Right. You know, right. I, I mean, at some point, you got to... And whenever you see these shows, it kind, this phenomenon kind of reminds me of... I don't know. Do you know who Eric Von Daniken is? No. Eric Von Daniken wrote the... Well, he was the, the big guy who promoted ancient aliens. You know, that aliens came to the planet... Sure. And there's, there's no way the Egyptians could have built the pyramid. That's where my journey started, of course, on Netflix. Okay, so here's the thing. They always leave out the actual explanation. What they do is, is they list every other implausible explanation, but always leave out what really happened. And the assumption is also always, when you talk about ancient aliens, that the ancient people were somehow primitive. They were technologically more primitive than we are in the sense that they didn't have fossil fuels. And before fossil fuels came into use, there was no such thing as reliable, on-demand, high-concentration power. You know, people have been harnessing the wind and the sun forever, but the problem is it's too diffuse. So without that, technology could only advance at a very, very, very slow pace. That's why, just as a slight digression, since the turn of the 19th to the 20th century to now, virtually every technological piece of progress from, from muskets have taken place, basically. Well, the Spencer repeating rifle, but that, but really, without fossil fuels that were didn't even come into use till 1859, none of this would have happened. So, the point I make back back on course is these ancient people were not were the furthest thing from stupid. They invented geometry. They understood mm -hmm. mathematics. Right. They understood labels and put. And they have since there is an explanation how the how the pyramids were built. There are interior ramps built into these pyramids that they've now discovered through imaging that shows that they basically ran it around the outside using pulleys and cables, and that the original uh, block and tackle are still inside of the pyramids that are still largely intact, and they found them. And you know, In other words, it's always great to popularize the bullshit explanation. Or like I have been to the Yucatan Peninsula. I've seen the pictures of the so-called pictures of the alien in the spacecraft, but you're looking at the picture laying on its back and sideways, and it's when you look at in the context of the whole thing, it has nothing to do with space aliens. Mm -hmm. I mean, now... Do space aliens exist? Sure. The I, math you know, would say that they do, right? Well, you know, th there's the Fermi paradox. How come we haven't found them? I mean, you know, basically sure. we, we, we've we had all, you know, now we have the James Webb telescope. It's unbelievably sensitive. We see nothing that indicates any kind of sentient life. But see, I make the distinction between sentient life and life and intelligent life. I think there's lots of intelligent life on earth and that aren't human beings. I think my mm -hmm. dog, my dog, Pepper, and my cat Morty are both very intelligent and they know exactly what intelligence to, defined as knowing how to survive. You know, they know exactly what to do to survive as a dog and a cat. That's mm -hmm. they're not single cell organisms just floating around in a seat in a soup. They have a brain, they use it. They can perceive um, the average dog and cat both can, can learn up to 200 human words and what mm -hmm. they mean, not mm -hmm. just by tone of voice that's been studied. You know, I'm just saying, but they're not sentient. They're not aware of their own lifespans, so they don't feel the rush, and they don't have an opposable thumb. And without sentience and opposable thumb, nothing's going to happen mm -hmm. beyond a species evolving to where it survives. Right. Okay. Now, out in the universe, do I think there are probably quadrillions, God only knows how many, dog and cat-like intelligence-level species, all the way up to chimpanzee, um, 
exist out there that are completely intelligent and operate in an intelligent way on their planet, I think there's probably God, you know, who only knows? And I think this is an interesting discussion. If this is maybe where the God discussion comes in, where we might be unique in sentience, and why right. would we be unique? Right. In that was going to be my question. Right. And and why this one species of one primate on one planet, you know, out of the, an entire solar system, is there sentient life? Now, the other explanation could be we just don't know what we're looking for, and we, you know, we're looking for radio waves and light waves, sure. and maybe they're using technologies that we can only begin to understand. And who only knows, there might be intelligent life in our solar system. There might be methane-based life on Titan, a moon of Jupiter. Mm -hmm. There might be ocean life, like at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, living on Europa. I even wrote, by the way, I wrote a novel about this that I haven't published called The Stoner from Europa. It's a great story. But wow. anyway, you know, I love- uh, That's amazing. I love it's yeah. a story. Basically, Europans in, in my novel are little teeny octopus beings. And and they, because they're 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 invertebrate because of the pressure of the ocean. You know, the ocean on Europa is is like a hundred miles deep. It's like crazy deep. Mm. And they would also therefore be blind because they'd have no sunlight whatsoever. But they would have highly developed other senses. And I made them in this novel that they they've been on this planet all along. And what we're seeing when we see UFOs is they're actually splashing into their secret base at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. And then they send they have an ability to enter human beings' bodies harmlessly. And take over and this one comes over just to do observation but falls in love with marijuana and then the story takes off but anyway wow. that's uh, that's amazing know, cheech and I, chong on uh europa I, you know i'm not just political baby i'm creative well neither am i and so no it's amazing it's it's a it's a fascinating thing you know true false whatever we are interested in as human beings in this subject i certainly am so amazing and so let's, let's move, move on, on to what's real and not let's unidentified Right. Also, I want to correct one little thing in the intro. I'm not yeah. turning. I'm not turn, changing course from the 1964 plan. I'm simply bringing the a radical reset. The book I wrote as a manifesto to the whole thing, which includes all the white papers that are already on the website. The white the white papers on the website are direct extracts from the book that I copyrighted in 2019, but I wrote it in 20. I wrote it. Did I write it in 2019? I know I wrote it in 2016 or 17, if I remember right. But anyway, but so the 1964 in... plan is comes from a radical reset. Fair. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And and, and since we formed the nonprofit, it's a 501c3, and it's all set up. I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. What I'm introducing, though, is anti-politism back into the mix. Of what anti-politism the... being the subtitle of the book, a radical reset. Right, it's the manifesto of anti-politism. This is a way to re. You're, this is a reimagination, total reimagination of public life in America. Right. It's a reimagination of the republic. So, first of all, you know, and I want to be very clear about this. I am anti-democratic. People, people have an idea that we live in a democracy, and this is because of a failure of our public schools not to explain that we intentionally don't live in a democracy. If you read the Constitution of the United States, there's not one word, that, there's not one sentence that includes the word democracy. We are not a democracy. In fact, the founders were terrified of a democracy, and, and rightly so, because a democracy is majority rule, which you could easily just rename mob rule. So basically, mob rule was not what they were going through. Democracy is a utopian concept like communism. You know, Plato came up with it. It's a nice idea. It's wonderful to think about it. Isn't going to happen. There's never going to be a successful democratic country. You have to, you have to restrain the worst impulses of the masses. And you have to also realize that most of the time, the majority is wrong. Okay. And they're, they're not wrong because they're bad people or because they're stupid, but because they're ignorant. 
And by ignorant, I mean they don't necessarily have all the information they need to form a full judgment. Mm -hmm. So, and case in point, me, I'm searching, and that's why I'm talking to thought leaders like yourself, trying to collect that information. So I get it. The problem is, is that what's happened is, is that as science has progressed so very, very fast, us human beings are not evolved to really handle change as fast as it's coming at us. And, you know, we could go, go into the discussion on AI, but we go way past an hour. Let's not go there. But Or how about in, in the near future, women not being necessary for birth? I mean, we're bullshit. living in a new world. Bullshit. That's not going to happen. But, but Interesting. Okay. But we'll get, you know, let me put it to you. So I don't really have any fucking idea what's happened. Here's what I really know. Here's what I know factually, objectively has happened. We've progressed further, faster, in a shorter amount of time that we evolutionarily can keep up with. As a result, one of the things that has suffered the most is the belief in God. Now, mm -hmm. now you know that I'm a secular Jew, which right. means I'm Jew-ish. I haven't been in a synagogue since I was 13 in Bar Mitzvah. Right. Okay. I do not observe the Sabbath. I do not keep kosher. There's right nothing I like better than a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Okay. I'm just, I want to make that very clear. And by the way, I think, and you are too, this is, we're the most common kind of Jews. It, if you went to Israel, most Jews in Israel are secular Jews. Mm -hmm. I know that the press always likes to show the guys with the beards and the long coats. They're a teeny little part of our population, like the Amish are of the greater Christian population. Mm. But but most Jews are, and if they're not secular, they're open to question about the nature of God. Okay. Right. And a, Okay, so let's not go down the religious rat hole. You're either. saying like the Nietzsche, the Nietzsche. How do you pronounce that philosopher? You're you're Nietzsche. making this point, right? That Nietzsche. when you remove that God type of concept from society, it's all bets are off, whether right. it was true or not. And that's exactly what's happening. So people of, you know, I as a Jew, God knows, can recite every horror of the Christian of of Christian history, shitting all over us and slaughtering us, talking about genocide. You know, we don't even want to get started on the Crusades, any number of them, or the Inquisition, do we? Let alone you know, Pope Paul, whatever the fuck, I think it was the second or Pope Pius, Pope Pius, I'm sorry. Is it Pius the ninth? The fucking Nazi collaborator, okay, who spirited out SS troops to, to Argentina. So I, listen, we don't, I don't even want to go there, although I just went there. I, I understand that religion's done a lot of bad things, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. in its greatest sense, it gives people a purpose for life. And when you're a sentient being, and you think there has to be purpose to life, if you don't find it somewhere, you are going to feel lost and depressed. So what's mm -hmm. happened is, as technology has made it harder and harder to believe in the literal story of creation, for example, just one example, as laid out in the Bible, we know the earth is not 6,000 years old. The dinosaurs were real. Evolution mm -hmm. is a fact. You know, mm -hmm. the, there's a difference between theory and, and accepted theory. Evolution is accepted theory because there's not a shred of evidence that's ever been discovered that contradicts it. That's mm -hmm. not to say that someone couldn't discover suddenly that the Earth is 6,000 years old. It's that there's not a shred of evidence to support that. One is conjecture. The other is, is just, one is just theory. The other is accepted theory, which in science equates to objective fact in, in most cases. So all of that being true, it's hard for people. And if you look at a particularly a, a, a free republic like ours was supposed to be or what's what's gone on in europe even worse is you see a breakdown in traditional religion very in 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 the scandinavia there are lutherans in name only you know basically in in there in america 
I grew up in an Irish Catholic neighborhood for much of my childhood. Everybody had 12 to 15 children. I'm not exaggerating. Mm. We were the smallest family in the neighborhood with two kids. They thought there was something wrong with us. Here's the thing. Today, Catholics don't do that. And the birth rate in the United States has plummeted. And in fact, we're, we're way below replacement weight rate, which is not going to be a discussion for today, but for another day. And it's a serious problem. But uh, And it relates to immigration. But that's yeah, why we're bringing good. people in, right? Okay. We digress. There's a right way and the wrong way to bring people in. We're bringing right. it in the wrong way because no one wants to grow the fuck up. By the way, there is a chapter on immigration and a radical reset and how right. I would fix it. Right. But here, but but before I get, you know, I lay out a plan. The, the 1964 plan is a plan, not not propaganda. And the reason it's a plan is I assure anybody who chooses to read it, and we're about to put it up on Amazon. It'll be available through the website, the 1964plan.org, this week at some point. Um, you're gonna, they're going to be parts you're going to absolutely hate. And that's why it's not propaganda. Okay, you know, it, but here's what's happened. Back to the original point is people, as their religion has dropped, they need to believe in something. So they seize quasi-religions. And the problem with quasi-religion is there's no doctrine. And since there's no doctrine, it's free to go any fucking wild direction it wants to go. And where it's going now and where it would naturally go, if you look at the history of man before we got a little sophisticated, it becomes tribal which is exactly mm -hmm. what's going on in our in our culture today. And then you take all of that and you light a flame under it by social media, which we all enjoy it, but nobody understands what the fuck it's doing to us. And then you add to being locking up the entire planet for two years, two years, making a lot of crazy people over the edge crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. people who otherwise would have been low grade crazy, you lock them up in a room for two years and they go completely batshit crazy. And there's no going back from that. And then we're going to mm. have to deal with the consequence of that. And it goes on and on. Plus, um, and I'll just, if you don't mind, I know I'm running on, Brian. Am, no. Am I, okay. No, no, no. I just want to, so anyway, it's time to consider maybe we need to reset the clock altogether. Now, mm -hmm. the idea behind anti-politism is radical. And what I always say, and I've said it many times in my Substack, and you've heard me say it, is the, the radical will become reasonable when the shit hits the fan. Okay, people will never, people do not like change enforced upon them. That's one of the reasons that, for example, the MAGA folks are so fucking angry. What, what the progressives don't get is people resent being coerced. And since the government has a monopoly on force by law, they are coerced to do what the government says they must do, and they deeply resent it. They hate the coercion. Now, had, the, had we continued to run the republic as it was originally set up, and reserved to the federal government only those powers as enumerated in Article 1, Section 8, which are very, very clear. Basically, you have a government that has a State Department, a Defense Department, a Treasury, an Attorney General to chase down interstate criminals, and that's it. Everything else is reserved to the states. And if that were the case today, people would not be so fucking angry. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, We fought a civil war over this as a... Slavery was certainly the poster child for the civil war and the issue that caused it. I'm not... In no way am I trying to rewrite history, but the underlying, the underlying argument was states' rights. Are we going to decide? So Nikki states, Haley wasn't totally wrong. She was completely right, but of course the press. Mm. And I'm not a supporter of Nikki Haley. I think right. she's a mouthpiece for the. Nor does she sound complex. confident when she speaks half the time. So it'd be understandable why you would question if she was right. But you're saying she was right. I don't think it matters who's elected. You can vote for whoever you want. Yeah. It, it, it Trump. Yeah. The, the, but you're saying, but but you're saying as. Belief in God declined, the power of the state increased. And people began clinging on to bullshit. So I'll give you, I'll give you one really great I, 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 um, example of something that's real that's been turned into bullshit. 
which is climate change. Mm -hmm. So is climate change real? Of course it's real. Climate's always changing. It, does man contribute to climate change at the very least? Absolutely. Science is very clear on that. But nothing else, everything else, the, the entire the world is coming to the end in 12-year bullshit is, is just hysterics by people who are climate change hustlers, who are the new priesthood of, mm -hmm. of a religion. Now, you know it's a religion because it, I can, do I, do I think there, I think the climate is a serious problem, not an emergency. And where I get that is I actually read the United Nations IPCC report as much as I could because it was like wading through dog shit. But the, but the, the summation of the whole thing comes down to this. Climate change is a serious problem. Nothing is imminent. It's not an emergency. Now, mm. within it, there are paragraphs where contributors make offhand comments within context of scenarios that are possible emergency scenarios, which the climate cult has ripped out of context and runs with it as the world's coming to an end in 12 years. Mm. So far, since Al Gore made you know uh, his fucking movie where the whole world was supposed to be underwater by now, mm -hmm. not a single... Not a single projection has been proven to be true. Not one. Okay. We're not. I watched Oppenheimer last night, and this is like that scene where they say there's a near zero chance that the world will end if we push this button. And it would be like, but they came to the conclusion no, that's like a real small chance, and their concerns were washed away. That'd be like saying all over the news, no, this is going to happen. You know, so look, it's. How many times did the predictions have to be wrong before you start to wise up? And we're also finding out, and, and this this also let, really blends right into why I think that collapse is imminent. And I mean imminent, but mm -hmm. I'll get to that in just one second. Sure. You just can't, whether you talk climate change, and let's not have a climate change debate here, or or let's say gender, the multi-gender bullshit story. Look, first of all, there's no such thing as an LBGTQIA community. No one's organized it. There's no... <laughs> I know a lot of lesbians and gays who are like normal people who really mm -hmm. do not want to be associated with this bullshit, who completely understand that there are men and there are women, and there are men who like to have sex with men, and there are women who like to have sex with women, but the rest of it is bullshit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and that that there's an enormous amount of people who who deny objective reality. I, it, it's There's only two genders. Sorry. Gender mm -hmm. and sex is exactly the same thing. But again... It's become a religion, okay? And so what it's done is it's increasing the tribalization of society because nobody is listening to reason. Mm -hmm. And that is an extremely dangerous thing if any of these gain majority support in a democracy. Now, mm -hmm. Woodrow Wilson knocked away the protections that the founders put in, Woodrow Wilson being the single most evil person in history, evilest ever. By In effect, far. in effect or intent? Probably in effect. effect, certainly in, in effect. effect. In effect, his, he was a psychopath, and he, and he did things for his own, for his own weak little ego, trying to prove he was the intellectual that he wasn't, mm. and he and mm. he believed in elites, and he was a he was a screaming racist. Right. And um, the only nice thing I could say about him is he wasn't an anti semite because he's he appointed the first <laughs> Jew to the Supreme Court, Louis Brandeis. But anyway, that's mm. a small, but that's not enough to get him back on my list because without Woodrow Wilson. Um, there would have been, World War I would have uh, never been a world war where we were involved. It would have been a European war. It would have been fought to a draw. Um, Germany, who didn't was not completely to blame for that fucking war. I don't want to get into that history, but very unfair interpretation. We just came in because we were Anglophiles. Okay, We tilted the balance of the war, causing a lopsided Allied win that would have never taken place. 
as a result of that, we got Soviet communism. Lenin was sent in by the Germans in an act of desperation to try to destabilize the regime to get Russia out of the fucking war. Because even after the Tsar fell, the Kerensky government was keeping Russia in the war and they needed a mountain. And that could go on and on. But the bottom line is no Stalin, no Hitler, no World War II at all, no Holocaust, no communist world threat, no Vietnam. None of it would have ever happened wow. except for Woodrow Wilson, that wow. motherfucker. And tell me about his uh, assault on the Republic. Well, he took away requirements to vote, and he, and he changed the way senators were elected, just to name two things. So do I believe in universal suffrage based on all races and genders and all that kind of good stuff? As long as you meet a, a threshold, sure. But there has to be a threshold. Right. There has to be a point. Now, what the, what the founder said was you cannot vote unless you own property. They also said you had to be a male and a white male. That has, Of course, that had to go away. But there's a difference between tinkering with you know modern context and throwing out the baby with the bathwater without mm -hmm. thinking for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can't allow people to vote for what they take without paying for it. That's an incredibly dangerous combination. And that's exactly what we've been doing. And then when we created the modern welfare state in 1965 and the Johnson administration threw out every last vestige of federal self-control they used to at least ask themselves prior to 1964 if it was at least constitutionally supportable. After that, every president since, Republican and Democrat, have just created an imperial office to where they're playing hail to the chief when the fucker enters the room. What, mm -hmm. what is that? What, what are we, Rome? Anyway, mm -hmm. I, I, can, I can go off. But the bottom line is we've created a, an, a we, first of all, nobody alive today has ever lived in a capitalist free market economy. Let me just say that very, very clearly, unless, mm -hmm. unless with one exception, you are a Hong Kong immigrant who escaped when the Chinese broke their word and fucked up the Hong Kong economy, which was the only capitalist economy in the world, and it's gone. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's let's just make that very, very clear. What we live in is a capitalist economy where the cronies, the mm -hmm. inside elite, the military industrial complex, the, the big tech giants, the, the the billionaires, you know, until night until Woodrow Wilson, the average length of a bill through Congress was five pages five pages. Okay. And then they would have the debates and committees afterward to how to implement the law they just passed, which really retarded how many laws were coming because, you know, they, they couldn't trust unelected bureaucrats. Here's what we do now. We pack in 5,000 pages on average of laws that no congressperson or senator ever reads. And in there, what's in those 5,000 pages? Special breaks for all those cronies on the right and the left. It doesn't matter whether it's a trade union or whether it's Raytheon. They're all getting their fucking breaks. And it's it's ruined the game. And the reason the middle class, you ever wonder why all Biden like talks about is, look, we had 3.9% in the last quarter. It's great. It's great. It's not as bad. Let me tell you something. What we have here is a giant legal Ponzi scheme sucking every dollar of wealth out of the lower two-thirds of a society and giving it to the top 1%. That's what's really going on. That's what capitalism is. Mm. This is a... This is a crony system disguised as a free market in a democracy where you know you can manipulate a mass of people because the masses are asses. Hmm. So, so you're saying the corporate interests that nobody likes, the bad ones that have an undue influence on our society, like this democracy scheme because they can abuse it easier than it's, it's very counterintuitive, actually. Well, no, no, it's, it's completely logical from the point of view of a power seeker. Let's use the, a, a, the, an example of a federal department that should have been uh, never started. Let's start with the Federal Department of Education. Mm -hmm. There is 
it is very easily quantifiable that education has gotten only worse since the day mm -hmm. it was brought into existence by President Carter in 1979. Okay? It's gotten nothing but worse. There's been no... Not only is there no improvement, we've even dumbed down the tests and it's still gotten worse. Right. We spend more per pupil, even adjusted for inflation, five times what we spent in 1979, and it still sucks. Okay, so how can that be? Well, that department has no reason for being. It has to go. But why does it exist? Because it is far easier for the teachers' unions and special interests in the education establishment to lobby for money in one place than in than in the innumerable school boards around the country that used to control the spending of the school districts independently from their own local property taxes and maybe some help from their state, it would be impossible for these entrenched interests to lobby and bribe and, and corrupt the entire state legislatures and local school boards of all the states and all the different people. They just couldn't do it. It'd be It's just mathematically impossible. It's organizationally impossible. But it's really easy to go to the sit suck at the tit of the mm -hmm. government pig in one place. And one, and that's true of every department except the So this is what I'm hearing. This is actually interesting. As you democratize, you concentrate. You con Democracy's ultimate end is tyranny. The ultimate result of democracy 100% of the time will be tyranny. Period. Always. End of story. Okay? It, th there is no historic variation from that pattern. Democracy has been tried. It always fails. It always ends in tyranny. Okay, it's the reason why we have a Hamas in Gaza, because they had a democratic election like a bunch of fucking idiots. And of course, the, mm -hmm. the people who promised the most bullshit won the election. Hamas, we'll take it back from the river to the sea. No, you're not. Never going to happen. Any more than Mexico's taken back, you know, like from the Portland to the Rio Grande. It's not going to happen. It all belonged to Mexico, but they learned to accept it. Party's over. The story of the world is a story of conquest. Get over mm -hmm. it. Okay, mm -hmm. but but here we are. Okay, so we got to put this genie back in the bottle. And, uh, and I think we're going to have an historic opportunity here in about uh, one to seven months, because what's going to happen is the economy is going to collapse as a result of everything we've been doing, frankly, since, since 19, well, let's see, 1913, cumulatively, but, but the, the match of kerosene has been the last 16 years. And in the last 16 years, we've embarked on a course that sealed our doom. And it began- Starting with what, yep. Yeah. This real estate crash of 2008. So in the, when, when, the, when the market crashed in 2008 and the banks were all going insolvent and all of those mortgage uh, uh, turned out to be bullshit, and you know the whole story. You know, you've seen it. There's films about it. There's mm -hmm. a big short, all that stuff. George Bush made a very rational and self-serving decision, which was, I'm not going to go down in history as Herbert Hoover. Okay, so this crash, he had nothing to do with it. He just happened to be the unlucky fucker who is uh, who was stuck in in you know an office when it happened, and much as Donald Trump said uh, about a week ago, he didn't he, he hopes that the market's going to crash and crashes now because he doesn't want to be Herbert Hoover either. Nobody wants to be Herbert Hoover, and they all see it coming. Okay, that mm -hmm. that should have been a big tell to everybody. He sees it coming. It's coming mm -hmm. like a freight train down the mm -hmm. track. So to make a long story short, um, he punted the ball. He he formed all of those special groups for too big to fail. And he had the Federal Reserve in cahoots with the Treasury Department and the head of the Treasury Department used to be the head of Goldman Sachs. And it was all a big crony capitalist bullshit deal. What they should have done, let me just stop right here, is let the banks fail. Right. We, okay. That was the right. There's. It would not have caused global depression. That was just a bunch of fucking hysteria sold to us 
so that we would buy into this bullshit story. We would have had a really bad recession, maybe even a depression, but it wouldn't have been the end of all things. It would have been better. You know, the hard way and the right way are always the same thing. I don't, I don't know how people don't figure that out, but mm -hmm. you know, and, but we didn't, we did exactly what was predictable and he punted it to Barack Obama. Barack Obama understood that we were doing something completely out of, out of historic um, context. So he said in 2008 that the zero interest rates, okay, which by the way, had never been tried by anybody successfully ever before taking the, 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 the cost of borrowing for the government to zero in a fiat currency, it, you might as well have said, fuck us. Okay. But he said, temporary measure have to happen. It's going to last six months. Okay. It's 16 years later. We're still, we're still there. Okay. So what we did is we addicted the economy like a giant heroin addict mm -hmm. to the heroin of zero interest rates. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, I'm going to go fast because this, this is not going to be econ 101, but the long-term historic interest rate of the United States prior to this whole shitstorm starting in 2008 is 6%. 6% is about the cost of borrowing money for a good borrower when the lender takes the risk of lending the money to the borrower, sometimes a little less when the borrower is, is totally reliable, sometimes more when they you know, have unsecured credit card debt. But the long-term average interest rate of the United States going back to the founding was 6%. The founders were, were paying 6% on the national debt then. That's normal. Okay, but what we did is we depressed the interest rates to zero, which took all the corporate lending to zero, which pushed trillions of dollars into circulation, which is why we have inflation today. But I don't want to get into that just yet. Mm. I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. But at the very same time, we created hundreds, if not thousands of zombie companies. So ask yourself a question. So President Biden has said that we must be all driving EVs by 2030. That's part of his climate cult bullshit. That's a good example of climate cult bullshit. Okay, now, but he's ordered it. And Ford and General Motors, since both are up to their asses in government specialties, um, took the bait. And they did enormous convergence. Now, Ford just shut down the production of all their EVs. Because as just for one example, okay, the Ford Lightning truck, that is their, was their big marquee item, they're selling almost none of them, and every one they sell, they lose $36,000 on. Great. Oh. Let's pause. If you're losing $36,000 on every vehicle, and you lost $3 billion last year, and you're projecting a $4 billion loss this year, where's that money coming from? If you're not selling enough money to make a profit on the vehicles you're selling, how are you covering a $3 billion loss and a $4 billion loss? And the answer is you've been borrowing at 0% or near 0, 0.25. So mm. all you basically had to do was keep borrowing new money to roll over your old money and pay a little teeny weeny bit of interest, which you can cover out of your cash reserves. But now interest rates have started to go up. As I predicted, I hate to say I told you so, but it's not hard to go back into my sub stacks and my podcast and you'll see, I, I, I said exactly what's going to happen. In fact, I spelled it out in a radical reset in 2017. As those interest rates climb up and the national debt, remember, all of our national debt is short-term debt, which means it's very, it, we, the government lends it out and rolls it over very fast, less than a year. Always, so it's very sensitive to interest rate moves. Consequently, that's why right now we're in what's called an inverted yield curve. The government has to pay more money to borrow in the short term than other big businesses and governments have to pay for long-term debt because it's considered, the market is saying, because you can't control what millions and trillions, billions, not trillions, of people are doing. They're going to make up their own minds in, in free markets, in, 
the stock and bond markets are still free enough. If they try to manipulate that, kiss it goodbye. I mean, but that's, I don't want to go there. I don't think they will. But having said it, the market's saying, we don't, we don't trust this whole fucking thing anymore. And you're going to have to pay us 5% to roll over your debt. Well, at, at 0.25%, the interest on our national debt, which we never pay down, we're adding over a trillion dollars to it every year of deficit spending. And that's if you believe the bullshit accounting of the government, which I'll get to in, in a minute, because that doesn't cover the unfunded liabilities of Social Security and Medicaid, uh, Medicare and Medicaid, which are $96 trillion as it is with no possibility of paying it because we're in a demographic, demographic collapse. Mm. I know I'm, and I know I'm going fast, but just nope. I'm, I'm pulling it all together. Yeah, so, yeah there's a lot of problems. Yep. A lot of problems. Okay, so what we have here, and on top of all of that, the world's number, so-called number two economy. Oh, so by the way, as our, when it reaches 6%, covering the interest alone of rolling over our debt will be 100% of what our budget is now, roughly 6 to $7 trillion. So we'll have to double, we'll have to be running 7 or $8 trillion deficits just to pay for the entitlements, uh, the stupidest word ever invented, that the government is doing, which it should never have been doing. And, and, no, and, the, and the fact is, the reason that nobody's going to do what I'm about to suggest until the shit hits the fan is because everybody... You can talk to the most hardcore MAGA person in the world who wants to balance the budget, but most of them are kind of close to my age or an awful lot of them. Ask them if they should cut Social Security and watch their heads explode. Mm -hmm. I paid into it and you can't. Th and that's the biggest problem of all. I'm sorry. And I'm and I'm going to be 67 in May, but I have mm -hmm. to look. You're either rational or you're not. OK, you either tell the truth or you don't. And the truth is we have to reform Social Security. It is not a choice, but we're going to wait till the shit hits the fan because no politician has the balls mm. because of the system we've set up, which is democratic, okay? Mm -hmm. It's democracy that's preventing anybody with a brain in their head. For example, mm -hmm. until Woodrow Wilson did away with it, senators were chosen by state legislatures, not by direct election, okay? The whole idea was that state legislatures, on not that there weren't shitty senators that were appointed, but there were also a lot of great men appointed who are no longer existent in the Senate because they're selected by popular vote, which means they have to grovel for money like every other congressman does. And the average politician spends, on, and this is well-documented, you can go on PolitiFact, and it'll check out, they spend over 80% of their time just raising money. Right. Okay. You know, interesting, I just saw a clip of Robert F. Kennedy talking on a podcast, giving a seemingly knowledgeable history lesson of America, talking about that transition from state legislatures choosing the senators to democratic elections. And casting that as a victory for goodness, righteousness, because the corporations would control the senators in his mind in the old way. You're saying it's the other way around. The other way around. Robert Kennedy, God bless him, is well-intentioned, but a real moron. Hmm. Okay, so, I mean, really, he's insane. I, 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 I mean, I love his sincerity, and I love his enthusiasm, and I know he's different, but it, most of what he espouses is... But he's wrong on that, you're saying. It's, it's yeah. just plain wrong. It's just... Yeah. Plain it's a very interesting point for even, you know, for people listening... To think that the corporations have more influence over a senator who's democratically elected than one in, uh, elected by the state legislature. It's a lot of myths are told by our public school system and our and our public politicians, like robber barons in the 19th century. Mm -hmm. It's it's a were there big capitalists? Were there people like Rockefeller? Were there people like you know Carnegie? And yeah, but they were also wildly charitable. The 19th century, in fact. There would be no black colleges today except for John D. Rockefeller. How do you like that? He founded mm -hmm. the entire system because he was devout Southern Baptist. He was not a racist, furthest thing from it. He was accumulating enormous amounts of wealth, and he felt it was his Christian imperative to give it away. So he helped the people who needed it the most in the most effective way he could think of, which was 
colleges and universities, and it produced some great men and women and had, continues to up till this day. That was the robber baron. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's not let's not go down the myth of bullshit fed by quasi-socialist progressives and sucked up by weak-willed Republicans and conservatives who don't understand what they're talking about. So let's talk about what needs to replace this disaster. Yeah, okay? back to your narrative. Yeah, okay, so here's what's going to happen. The world's second largest economy is supposed to be China. It's not. The Chinese economy has been bullshit from the start. If you go to the studies, and I'll just cite my source here, is Dr. Luis Martinez. He's a PhD at the, an economist at the University of Chicago School of Economics. He did a nightlight study of the whole planet. Of all, he, he, that's especially nightlight study because mm. by how many lights are on at night in a country, you can tell how industrialized and how wealthy it is. And it, and it, it lines up, correlates beautifully to gross domestic product and, um, mm. and, and income per capita. Okay, so by that measure, China is 40% of what they say they are. And that's because our press has lapped up this bullshit. Now, part of the reason that our mainstream laps it up is because we have a journalist corps made up of idiots. The second, and who are really, remember that the news today is not designed to inform you. So back before the internet and before um, all the social media, there were really only a, no, a small number of news outlets. So when you watch the evening news on CBS or ABC or NBC, um, or PBS, if you watch Neil Lair, News Hour, those are your choices. That was it. And they had from 30 to 60 minutes, depending on the show. And that was it. That was the whole day's national, international news. Mm -hmm. So they didn't fuck around with a fire in Chicago, which which belongs on local news. And they right. didn't sit, they didn't sell hysteria. They only had a short amount of time to provide information. And so that's what they provided information. Mm -hmm. And it was you, you never knew the bias of any of these anchor people and reporters because they were too professional and understood right. their role. Okay. And they understand anyway, I digress. So, but once you lose the free press as the fifth pillar, as the thing that makes everybody tell the truth, and once they get in bed with the political class, then you don't know who to who to um, trust. Right. And that's where we are today, where the, the the traditional press exists to produce views, not provide information. The more hysterical they become. Clickbait has become the norm, not just on YouTube, but even on the nightly news. And the more hysterical and out of context the story can be, the more likely, from the right or left, they're all guilty, the more likely they are to push that narrative. There's as much bullshit on Fox as there is on MSNBC. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And the problem is, we all, because of the algorithms that we live in, they all just feed back to us what we want to hear because they have algorithms to say, oh, Look, Herbie likes to watch. Yeah, uh, so so the fact that the press is no longer independent is a self-fulfilling cycle. And well, then the algorithm is another self-fulfilling cycle. So when you go back to China, the press has been putting out Communist Party propaganda for the better part of 30 years because it fit the narrative. They hate the United States. They're, they're, they, you know, they, there is a built-in left-wing progressivism to the press that is undeniable. So by and large, they hate their own country. They think that we're an imperialist and that everything that we've ever done has been horrible and done on the backs of black people and Native Americans and all kinds of bullshit that I, I'm not going to get into today. But it's all So they're bullshit. salivating at the prospect of China. Of China overtaking over. us, right? Um, and here's the thing. So they buy... China is the single most corrupt country in the world. They have a one-party state. There's no checks and balances. They have no civil justice system. They have no free press. Their currency is manipulated, and they've been putting out bullshit for years. And they've been stealing at every single level. The, the national debt of the Chinese, properly calculated, is nearly 400% of GDP. That's the highest national debt of any country in the history of the world. And with an economy that is 40% of the size of, it's 400% of what they're claiming. 
If we looked at what they really are, it's off the charts. It's a giant house of cards that will take just a tiny little bit to crumble. All of the stuff you're hearing about China being a threat to us, that's military industrial complex propaganda from the other side of the aisle. Because <laughs> the People's Liberation Army, the PLA, is a giant internal police force disguised as an army. And Xi, Xi Jinping's only concern at this point, because he's not stupid, he understands China's in an, in an, in a, an irreversible demographic collapse. Between now and 2050, their population will, will reduce by 50%. There's no avoiding it. There's no stopping it. There's nothing that can be done. It's, it's baked in from past stupidity. And so the bottom line is they're doomed as a country. So all he's concerned with is the, <laughs> protecting the wealth and power of the, communist, of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, what he does in order to maintain, you know, what do you do to keep the people's mind off of stupidity? Well, bread and circuses for the masses. You know, the, the Caesars learned that. You, you distract the, ple the plebs, who, or the plebs, depending on your pronunciation, the people who don't know what the fuck's going on. You distract them with bullshit. You know, you, you give them free shit and you get them all worked up about foreign enemies that don't exist. Like, you know, Taiwan, as if it could make any fucking difference to what's happening to China now. No, but it makes a convenient scapegoat. So, like, look over here at that evil Taiwan. So you right. don't know that your entire internal real estate market and banking system is in full Okay, so tie this back into why we're going to have a crash here in America and then tell me about what the because plan is Because something, something is going to – there's no – if you think back on your entire life and the history of the world, there's always horrible surprises every year. There are, we're always surprised because who can anticipate a surprise? So there are going to be surprises this year. Now, it's going to take – if there is a realization at once that the jig is up, particularly on the Chinese economy, where the entire world's supply chain runs through it, that's danger number one. If the world realizes, and it will take very little, like it becomes, in it, like for example, all of the Chinese banks default on all their foreign debt. Right now, they're, they're, they're defaulting on their domestic debt to cover the foreign debt with printed yuan that they're trying to control the exchange rate. But if that comes apart, Chinese economy will collapse literally overnight. The country will go into revolution and everything manufactured in China will come to a dead standstill. And by the way, they have youth unemployment of 40%, which is almost always where revolution revolutions almost always start with the kids. Almost so what does this have to always. do with America? Because our supply chain is tied in through China. Okay. Plus they're not buying our debt anymore. And neither are the Japanese who's buying our trillion dollar deficit. We are in, in, in a Ponzi scheme. Here comes the second risk. So, the treasury, the, due, the bonds come due and the notes come due for the treasury notes and they don't have the money to pay it because we're only collecting half enough taxes to pay for what we're promising. So we have to borrow half again as much money so we can't obviously pay the money that's already come due, but at zero interest rates, no big whoop. We just roll it over and the Federal Reserve issues new debt that it lends to the treasury. And this is a just, I know it gets confusing. It's just, the, and then the Federal Federal Reserve buys that yeah. debt that we so, rolled so, over. Okay, so get to the bigger picture though. Don't the lose The bigger me picture lead. is, the American fund, our national debt's at 124% of GDP. There's been no example in history of any country at any time, anywhere, who, when their national debt got over 100% of GDP, didn't end up in a horrific inflationary collapse. We're seeing the beginning of that, not the end. Now, add to all of that, somehow we believe that we shut the planet's economy down in 2020 for a pandemic. Let's not get into whether it's right or wrong. But we, we can all agree we did all kinds of shit that was completely unnecessary. Turns out the mask did nothing. The divisions did nothing. It turns out the children do not die of COVID, just like we knew from day one. It turns out that the only group that really gets hit are the un, are people with one feet in the grave or very, very old people with chronic illnesses. 
They should have been vaccinated. Everybody else should have been left up to a public choice. The economy should have been left open and it would have come and gone and killed some people and that would have been the end of it. Okay, it was not the bubonic plague. It was mm -hmm. a bad flu that kills old people. That's what I've had it. You probably had it. Most of us have had it. And that's the other thing. They all denied there was such a thing as natural immunity when in fact, this is kind of like chicken pox. The earlier and sooner you get it, the better off you're going to be. Yep. And, and, then, and then you're essentially immune to it for long periods of time. So anyway, that being the case, that's not what we did, of course. Bureaucracies and concentrated governments will always, always default to power. So we threw out the Constitution. We allowed the president to rule by decree. We shut down every industry, not just us, but every industrialized nation in the world that they didn't consider critical. And who the fuck even knew what guideline they were using for that? They sent us all trillions of dollars in stimulus checks and that we didn't ask for, that most people didn't necessarily need. So that immediately went into consumption, producing a false mirage of consumer confidence. When you lock people up two, for two years alone in their home and give them a bunch of free money, what the fuck do you think they're going to do with their time but blow it like drunken sailors? Today, by the way, uh, is the poorest the American middle class has ever been. 62% of our population is living hand to mouth has absolutely no savings. And I, I I am not a Marxist when I say all the wealth is moving up to these cronies at the top, but it's not capitalism, it's crapitalism. It's the system is fixed and it's and it'll take very, very little, just one little financial shock will do it. And the whole it could start here, it could start in China, it could start in Japan, it could mm -hmm. start in G Germany is is deindustrializing. They they might be the stupidest fucking country in the world because they shut down their energy independence and made themselves 100% depend, dependent on Russian national, natural gas and then got their asses caught up in the stupid funding of a war in Ukraine that's none of our fucking business, and I could go on. Any so you're these, saying there are multiple places where this thing could go over the cliff? Ooh, let's not even get started in the Middle East. It, Iran. Let's not. Actually, let's not, because I want you okay. to, in the, in the next 20 minutes, I want you to tell me about your plan. Okay. So the, whole, the bottom this line whole is, wind up is this thing is falling off the cliff. And what's going to come after is the question. Okay. And I suggest what should come after is anti-politism. The Hitlers are going to come out of the woodwork and mm -hmm. it's not going to be Donald Trump. They're going to be a lot of sweet talking. I remember movies. when we first connected Herbie, you said that Josh Hawley was the guy to look out for. Yeah. Watch Josh Hawley. That's a Hitler in the making for sure. Hmm. Okay. I say in the making, he's not Hitler. I'm not saying Josh Hawley is Hitler. I'm saying he has enough sociopathy and intelligence and erudition to become a Hitler. Just saying. Okay. I'll tell you who isn't going to be Hitler's Trump. Too old, too out of it, no central guiding philosophy. People are going to Despite be off the fact that he quotes from him, which is unbelievable. No, he doesn't. I can't I from time from, from from time to time he steals language you from got, Hitler. You, and I, you got it, you gotta read it in context, Brian. You I do, I do, and I don't think Trump is Hitler, but it's fascinating. And he's not an anti-Semite, and he's right. I understand that. I agree. It's just amazing okay. that he Let's does. Let's not go uh, there. Let's not yeah. go there. Fuck right. Trump. Remember that we're in I don't care. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Vote for Biden, the senile old fucker, if it makes you happy. Yeah. What's gonna happen is gonna happen, it's gonna happen soon. Mm -hmm. So so here's what's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen, it's gonna kick off, yada yada. And then the Hitlers and the Mussolinis. Mussolini is a better comparison. What people don't understand is prior to Hitler, the word dictator was not a bad word. Okay. It was yeah. actually an invention by the Roman Republic of someone who they would elect for a year to come in and clean up a fucking mess after the Republic fucked it up with democracy. You know right. what I mean? It, it, yeah. They understood the limits of it. And right. there were it was a like lot a of cycle good... almost. But go on. So tell me. Okay. So, you know, and we can already feel these um, nationalistic 
governments forming throughout Europe and here. And so yeah, we can feel the, the precursor. You can see it coming. And, and they'll appeal to the masses, and the masses are asses. And this is why democracy is mob rule. After the, the, the ashes fall, here's mm -hmm. I'm putting forth a plan as an alternative. And here's how it works. Number one is there are no elections. Nobody votes ever again. Instead, what we do is we have we have a republic by lottery. So we repeal all of the amendments that had anything to do with, with property requirement and everything else. We return the Constitution to what it was, except for everybody gets to participate and the Civil Rights Act remains, which is why, by the way, I call it the 1964 plan. It's because I believe the Civil Rights Act is the one in piece of federal legislation that cannot be fucked with because it makes discrimination illegal forever. And that's mm -hmm. how it has to stay. I'm not talking about racism. That's a thought crime. I'm not sure. going to waste breath on that bullshit. Okay, well, you're talking so, about, okay, lottery system. How does okay, that work? So we're at the lottery system. So every state and every locale across the country, we have a national census. And in that census, we don't just ask how many people are living in your house. We find out if you have a college. And we do this, by the way, on the honor system, because if anyone lies, it's going to come out in the end. But the questions that are going to be asked is, do you have at least a bachelor's degree? Have you started a business, whether you have a bachelor's degree or not? Has that business more 10 or more employees? And have you had that business for five or more years? Those are, by the way, the guidelines of when you know a business is probably going to succeed forever. Once they get past the five-year mark and they've got a few employees, now you've got something that can go 50, 100 years. It's, it's, you don't want to draft, and that's what I'm talking about, basically, when I say democracy by lottery. You don't mm -hmm. want to some poor, pull some poor guy who started his business to Washington in the middle of when it, he can't leave. You know, his business is too fragile. That's why I put that in there. Gotcha. But I also want to include entrepreneurs in, in the group that will be chosen from because you don't have to have a college degree to be brilliant. I mean, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, you know, great entrepreneurs have a lot to contribute when they're not sociopaths. And and there are many more that aren't than, than are. And we want them as part of the potential. Sure. They, and the other reason is whether you bachelor's degree means you that you spent the time you can finish something you started mm -hmm. that's that's what mm -hmm. i don't care what the degree's in if you went to an accredited school at least you had the wherewithal as a human being to finish the education that you started if you started a business well you're exactly who we want you're creative you're a risk taker right. we want you and the future of the country is the future of your business so every decision you're going to make is going to be colored by self-interest mm -hmm. and that's a good thing we have to stop thinking that self-interest is a bad thing right. the whole system runs on self-interest yeah and, Collectively, it's a good thing. Yeah, whole nother. Okay. So, and also, the and the final screen is um, every year we know where where the where the bar lies. Are you in the top third of income earners, whether you have a degree or you started a business or not? Are you just people that have moved up the ladder of your companies and you you're making more than two thirds of the people? So all of those people become the potential pool for the lottery. Now mm -hmm. we redivide up. The Congress is still 435 people, but instead of these weird gerrymandered districts trying to protect the Republicans and the Democrats and certain people in office, that goes away. And every state is divided up geometrically by, by square acres, okay, just or square meters. Take your pick into equal geographic near as close to a rectangle as you can get. I realize that Arizona will be easy to divide because we're nearly a rectangular state. And I realize that, you know, Delaware isn't going to be so easy, but as this is a solvable problem by human beings. Equal geomet geometrically shaped areas, but no gerrymandering because mm -hmm. in, uh, in anti-politism, there are no parties. There are no elections, so there's no reason to have a political party. The parties go away, and all the corruption of parties go away, and all the insider bullshit of parties go away, but most importantly, all the money in politics goes away because no one's going to have to spend anything 
okay, at all. Now, let's say that you live in a congressional district of a million people. Everyone's going to get a number automatically. Once they submit their census, they'll get an electronic, and they'll do it online like normal people. They'll get an electronic response um, that gives them a number. Zero, 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 one, all the way through one million, okay? And then in every district of every country, of every county, I should say, in every congressional district across America, we hold on TV, just like we do the lottery with ping pong balls. And the reason we use ping pong balls, although it sounds ancient, is that you can't hack a ping pong ball machine. If you connect it to the internet, it can be hacked. So how do you protect that? It's a closed system. No one can get anywhere near it. It's the luck of the draw. Out of that pool of people, someone's number is going to come up, and they're going to be the congressperson from that district, regardless of their gender, regardless of their race. Their only prequalification is they've done something with their lives successfully and have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, that's very important. So we're going to get, first of all, a very diverse Congress. And by the way, for the Senate, you do exactly the same thing, only you make the minimum requirement a master's degree, and you have a statewide a lottery for two people, okay? And same exact thing, only for two people statewide with this, with a higher educational bar, hmm. okay? Because the Senate is meant to be the more deliberative body, okay? So it needs to have a higher requirement. Maybe the top 10% of income earners, maybe, right. um, you know, businesses that have been business five or more years with 100 or more employees, you know, hmm. people hmm. who have really reached the, the pinnacle because you want them, especially if they weren't pursuing power in the first place. The reason these people, you ever wonder to yourself how we can have 340 million people in the United States and we're left with Trump and Biden? This right. is the two, uh, this is the election nobody wants, really, right. if you're being honest. And the reason is nobody with any kind of accomplishment wants their life broken open, which is why as part of anti-politism, if a person is drafted to become, and they can turn it down and then there'll be another drawing. If they don't really don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. But mm -hmm. protected, you, no, no, we're not going to coerce anybody into service. They're being drafted. Right. Right. Okay. However, we're going to protect them by a new libel law that becomes a criminal libel and slander law that says that if anybody uh, pub publicizes or publishes anything that is um, not, if, if, if the person they're, that they're trolling basically hasn't been charged officially by the by either the federal or state or local governments, then you can't publish it. You can't publish rumor. You can't talk about mm -hmm. what they did when they were 17. You put that up, you're going to prison. Okay, I understand that that gets right on the edge of the First Amendment. Oh, yeah. But that is actually constitutional because we do have limits on speech, like, you know, the proverbial, and it's not exactly true, but it's metaphorically true that you can't shout fire in a, in a crowded theater. By the same token, you can't destroy someone's life who has been drafted to serve, for Christ's sake. We have to protect them. That's a, that's a reason. Mm. That'll, that'll get tested, and it'll get rewritten, and lawyers right. will get involved. But sure. to some extent, we must protect these people's lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now they're going to get paid per diem exactly what they made the year before divided by 365 for every day they're in Congress. So let's say that we draft a teacher who's making $70,000 a year. That's about close to national average. And that they won't have to, first of all, part Congress is going to become a part-time job for a couple of reasons. The first is they don't need to spend 80% of their time fundraising. There is no fundraising. Mm -hmm. they, everybody serves, by the way, for all the terms, every term Congress, Senate, and the presidency is four years. And it's a one and done. Okay, no more six years in the Senate. No more you can get reelected as president. No more reelection. It's a one and done. You're going to serve and you're going to leave. And, and how the next person is going to know what to do is they're going to be selected six months before the end of the four-year term of their predecessor. And they will do on-the-job training together, side by side, mm. 
with the person they're taking over so that they'll smoothly transition right. as the other person goes back home to do whatever they're doing. Okay, now, in the Congress, since they not, it's not to say that special interests can't, can't present their case, but they, without money, there's no chance of corruption. They can, you can present your scientific case, you can present why this is good for America, but that's the other reason that this will become a part-time job, because we're going to devolve everything to the states but the four things I mentioned. Defense of the, of the shores, conducting foreign policy, because you can't have 50, 50 secretaries of state, the Department of the Treasury, to just to make sure the money is stable, and the United States Attorney, the Attorney General, because you don't want a guy to murder somebody in New York and be able to run to Arizona and get away with it. You have to have some kind of interstate crime in, you know, commission in, in place. Those are the only departments of, of the federal government. Everything else will be devolved to the states. I'm not not the saying there won't be welfare. It'll just be welfare designed by your own state legislature and therefore probably much more efficient and much more cost effective. Hmm. And the reason that we don't have state welfare as opposed to federal welfare now is because of the same reason I said for education, that special interests like the lobby one place, not 50. When it'd be much more logical to let the governor and the legislature of Wyoming construct their welfare program and let California construct theirs and let New York do theirs and Florida theirs and all the different demographics of all the states. And it would work a billion percent better just because it's much closer to the people that they're running okay so cool. congress becomes a part-time job they're basically going to go to, hmm. to to washington once a year to pass a budget that's really all that the congress was ever meant to do they weren't meant to be getting involved in our lives day to day that's very clear in section one article eight um we're going back to what the founders were going to have a republic the elite we're going to have an elite the elite is going to be average people who did not pursue hmm. office Okay, they were chosen for office because of what they've done, hmm. not because and by the way, just by the sheer randomness of odds, more women are college educated than men. So it's going to be they're going to be majority women in the legislature. I mean, all things being equal, there'll be more women in Congress than men. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, but you see, also there'll be 12% black people, about 19% Latino people, uh, about uh one percent, one and a quarter percent Jews. How do I know this? Because that's how, what's, what we make up of the general population. And by the sheer law of averages, we're going to get a much more representative and diverse um, Congress. So all this tribalist bullshit and it's all race, it all goes away because everyone's being picked for what they've done. And mm -hmm. here's the thing that everyone has in common who's achieved something. Once you've earned something, you don't give it away so easy. The reason we're fucked up now is that 52% of the American people don't pay any federal taxes of any kind. Okay, so they're basically saying, and they don't pay any state taxes either. They pay no taxes at all. And they bitch and moan that we have to make the rich pay more when everybody knows by a million studies that the top 20% pay 100% of the taxes virtually. And every, and the rest of us, we either pay a little teeny weeny bit relative to what we're getting or nothing. And this is why we're fucked in so many ways. So what anti-politism does is takes the politics out of it. So there's no more pandering to stupidity. And there's no more holding out hope that you can lobby for free shit that you have no intention to pay for. We get rid of the parasites on society, okay, which is very, very important. And I know I'm being blunt, but I'm not running for office, so I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to start a movement, not 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 be the leader of the country. I'm trying to get the leaders because I'm saying I'm going to, you know, like I'm in the last part of my life. I'm in the back nine. I'm on back the back nine. nine. I'm on the back nine. I, I know it and I accept it. But, you know. What everyone has in common is that when you've achieved something in life and accumulated some wealth, you become much more um, wise about what you're going to do with it. So that everyone won't be giving away everybody else's money. 
By the way, I would also repeal mm -hmm. the 13th Amendment, the income tax. And, the, and what that would do, no, no, I'm sorry. I would not, 13th Amendment is slavery. I am so sorry. I would never repeal the 13th Amendment. 1913, you were thinking. I was thinking 1913. Please forgive me for saying that. Yeah. I would never. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so anyway, I would repeal the income tax. I think that was the 19th Amendment. It might have been the 17th Amendment. Or was it the 16th? And it's one of those teams that fucking... It's the 16th. You're right. It was the 16th. Oh, oh, lawyer, buddy. I'll take you. I'm going with. Well, that's just from talking to people like you who have educated. OK, me. 16th Amendment. We repeal it. So how does the federal government raise its money? National sales tax. And then everybody pays. Right. Everybody's got skin in the game. And then if the if the let's say with only four departments, the government needs a national sales tax of maybe five percent to run the whole federal government, even with the military as large as it is. If, if, if we get rid of all the other bullshit and devolve it to the states the federal tax becomes next to nothing. But if they want to raise it, we'll all know it right away. And then we can all decide our representatives who have skin in the game, whether or not what's being proposed is worth the trouble. Because remember, as we, as anyone should know, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. Okay. So what's the trade-off? Oh, by the way, how the president and vice president are picked. I left that part out. Yeah. Is that two years into the congressional term where the congressmen and senators have done two out of their four years, we hold a what is essentially a papal conclave in the Congress, but we do it in public on C-SPAN or whatever the equivalent is, live so the whole country can see it. And the Congress will pick the vice president and the president from among themselves. Okay, now, here's the basis of anti-politism. The, the founding idea, and it's going to relate to what I just said, is, is that we could pick out 435 people in the Congress at random out of a shopping mall who would be in a collective IQ at at least as high or higher than the existing Congress. And mm -hmm. there would be no sociopaths. Okay. Mm -hmm. Except for the random 5% that makes up the population at random. It'd be mm -hmm. 5% instead of a hundred percent. Okay. Or nearly a hundred percent. You have to be a sociopath to be a politician. Cause how else do you lie with a straight face and not feel guilty? Right. I mean, seriously, that's what a sociopath is. We, we could easily pick a hundred senators out of, you know, at random, like walking around, uh, Jesus, anywhere where, like a public library, I could pick out a Senate smarter than our Senate. Now, and then from that group, as we know, some of the senators are going to turn out that are selected are going to be brilliant. Some are going to be stupid. Mm -hmm. Most are going to be nice average people in between. Same is going to be true in the House. But, you know, I can tell you from serving in the Navy aboard ships and submarines, it doesn't take very long to get to know everybody you're working with. I don't give a shit if it's a fucking aircraft carrier. Pretty soon, you get to know hundreds, if not thousands of people, and you get to have a pretty good idea of who's smart and who's stupid when you work with them every day. So after two years, everyone in the Congress, remember, there's no parties, no more you're this, you're that. Everyone's just in there and they're a draftee like everybody else serving. And by the way, they get their income per diem, like I was saying, and they get their travel covered and they get free, you know, they get put up in a probably buy the water gate and turn it into a secure complex for the Congress or something like that or convert one of the empty buildings from, you know, that they're going to have after we dump all these federal departments into a congressional, you know, condo dorm. complex or whatever. Right. Yeah, dorm, basically. And that's where they stay until they're flown home commercially, like everybody else. Okay. You know, the, the day of the federal royal government is over. Okay. Now, what happens there is the objection to this is going to be, I, I, I could go on and on and we're going to run out of time and it's all in a radical reset. All of which you'll be able to buy this week off of the 1964plan.org or directly on Amazon, where I'm going to publish it as well. But here we go. The trade-off will be, people will bitch, what about all that experience we're throwing away? How can these complete neophytes come in and do the job when, you know, if, 
they're all going to claim it takes years to become competent. Well, it takes years if you have to spend 80% of your time raising fucking money, you corrupt mm -hmm. fuck. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's also say, based on their past performance, I would not consider that an endorsement of their expertise. Since the government writ large has fucked up our country for the last hundred and some years in this democracy that we've created out of a republic, it is reasonable to assume the professional politicians, by and large, with a few notable exceptions, suck. So are we going to get a few sucky congressmen? You bet. But you know what we're going to get 100% of are people that have done something with their lives of at least average intelligence. They wouldn't be where they are who have shown they can finish what they started and have skin in the game to make rational judgments based on the Constitution of the Republic of the United States of America. And that's how we fix this country. And we don't have elections anymore. And we and everyone, it's transparent. And then the free press becomes the free press again because it's when they don't have to shill with the parties in order to get interviews with famous politicians and they can just go to the people that were drafted and ask for an interview and they don't have to, they don't have to give anyone a metaphorical blowjob well, then they'll be able to report the goddamn news instead of make the news, okay? It, be, it, it kind of fixes everything. And the only trade-off is we lose the experience of Mitch McConnell. Gee, what a fucking shame. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, seriously, we lose the experience of senile Joe. <laughs> that should right. have been lost decades ago. People right. like Joe Biden are, are, and, and Mitch McConnell are the manifestation. The, the living manifestation of why anti-politism should be the system. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, even if the if the economy doesn't collapse, which you sound very confident that it will, just those people alone being at the top echelons of our the government. The problem is, is that it's not a problem. Look, let me preface this clearly. I hope I'm wrong. However, sure. it's going to be very easy to prove what I'm about to say. But if you were to go back into the archives of the now defunct, but you can probably get it through the Arizona Daily Star, Tucson Citizen, where I was a weekly financial columnist for many years, you will find out that I called the dot-com crash almost to the fucking day and warned anyone who would listen, get out, get out, get out, get out. Of course, no one listened to me, but I, on the record, I called it. You, there is videotape of me on a show called The Dana Cooper Show. It was local in Tucson, Arizona. He was He's still a friend of mine. He's an older guy. He was, but He's very well known in Tucson media and radio. He's the sports guy for the University of Arizona. He, I think he works for the administration at U of A now that they have real sports teams, you know. But anyway, long story short, I was on his show, and prior to the real estate crash, I'm on video. Not only did I say it was coming, I described it in detail and how bad it was going to be. And Dana was going, Jesus, how can that be true? And I said, look, I hope I'm wrong. The same thing I'm saying now. I'm just not going to be wrong. And, and, and I know that's glib. And if I am wrong, good. Then my children don't suffer. You don't suffer. Nobody suffers. I hope we can continue this. And, and we don't have to deploy the parachute and, and whip out a radical reset. No, no. Well, no. Look, the radical reset makes all the sense in the world. You can't have a rational debate over it and I'm, that I'm going to lose. I mean, I'm willing right. to debate anybody, anywhere at any time. I'd no love to, what, I'm, I'm going to do my best to try to get this conversation in front of uh, bigger names because I'd love to hear those debates. I would. It's fascinating. It's a great marker to lay down. It's it's a radical reset. It's, and you're saying... We are the problem. Yeah, we we're the problem. problem. Myself included. Look, there was a there was a great man, a Frenchman named Alexis de Tocqueville. Mm -hmm. Quick aside, we would not be as a free country without the French. Let's let's get over bashing the shit out of the French. 
Um, mm -hmm. French troops were at Yorktown in equal number with American troops surrounding Cornwallis, while the French Navy had him boxed in at sea after kicking the shit out of the English Navy. Let us let us appreciate our French brothers. And so there were a lot of Frenchmen involved. Uh, you know, but the, the famous one that everyone knows is the Marquis de Lafayette. But another Frenchman who was like the de facto son of George Washington. Washington said, I, I believe Washington said it openly, and it's been recorded, that if I had a son, it would be the Marquis de Lafayette. Mm -hmm. um, loved them. And Alexander Hamilton was his other son. Those two men right. together were his, right. his de facto sons. Um, but there was another Frenchman, Alexis de Tocqueville, who was a huge, a huge admirer of, of America. And today, around the country, you can find uh, chapters of what is called the de, de Tocqueville Society. And what it what it's all springs from is in 1815, de Tocqueville wrote a book called Democracy in the United States. I think that's the exact title. If it's not as close enough, you'll be able to find it, you guys. Sure. Okay. De Tocqueville spelled in the French way with a Q-U-E is for the K. Okay. And two L's because they don't say B in French. They say Bill. Okay. okay show so, off. We get it. You speak 20 languages. No. I know. But look, I just want to make sure people can really find this when they right. fact check me. Okay. So de Tocqueville said exactly what's happening. He said the American democracy will survive. The American republic will survive until the people are allowed to vote themselves benefits they don't have to pay for. So... Here we are, and we're at the end. And he knew mm -hmm. that, not because he was some prescient seer, some, you know, some, some unidentified alien who's come to the planet with a special insight. It's because this is how democracy always ends. It always ends in mob rule and chaos. We have to preserve the republic. And, and James Madison, um, in the Federalist Papers, which were a series of articles that he wrote in the papers to support the new Federalist Constitution that devolved most of the power to the state was very, very clear about the dangers of democracy and was very anti-democratic. James Madison essentially wrote the Constitution and explained it in the Federalist Papers, and it, we were never supposed to be a goddamn democracy. Democracy is going to lead to Mussolini. That's what's going to happen. Right. And, and strong men are going to emerge who are going to promise, as he did, for the trains to run on time and for everything to be great, and they're going to make all kinds of big promises and for a short time, they might even look like they're delivering as they steal from one group to give to another. But in the end, it ends in tyranny. Always. Every time. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Um, so we, we, we just can't go down that road. And we need a different plan. And that's the one I'm putting forward. Amazing. And, we, and we've come completely full circle to say this is an alien idea that you're introducing. It really is, in a sense, you know. You might say you're reverting back to the original vision. It's certainly alien, though, to the system we have now. It's alien. The reason I, I think it has to be uh, democracy by lottery or republic by lottery, I should say. Look, me, I, I fall into it because I went to fucking public schools. The reason we have to have a republic by lottery is because social media and, and AI is going to make it almost impossible to discern the difference between truth and reality. It's okay, hard it enough. Right. Uh, so, you know, political campaigns will never again be fair. Like, you know, I, look, did Trump lose legally? Yes. Did Trump really lose? No. Right. No, not really. No, the system, I mean, it, it was a giant fuck up. They mailed out tens of millions of unsolicited absentee ballots. What a shock. How is it, forget Donald Trump, how is it possible that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama? You know, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I mean, I mean I, it, sorry, a lot of people voted against Trump, uh, but I'm with you. It was an inflated situation because of the way they ran it. There's no, no way question. Joe Biden was ever more popular than Barack Obama. And I don't think much of Obama, but I know he's more yeah. popular than Joe than Joe Biden. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I'm sure you don't either. I don't underestimate the amount of fear and hatred that there is for Trump, but 
yeah, there's no way that election was normal. Let's put it and, that you way. Know, and with AI, they're going to be putting it's going to already it's almost impossible to tell a meme from reality. And pretty soon it's good. It, it, let's just get the whole fucking mess out of it. Let's get all the money out of it. Let's get the social media out of it. People are chosen. Ba- and by the way, everyone submits their census on the honor system. But of course, when they accept, they're going to have to be subject to an investigation to make sure that they really are who they said they are. They really have the degree they said they have. Yada yada yada, and we'll disqualify mm. anybody who tries to lie. So yeah. we don't we don't have to fact check everybody and invade their lives. But if someone says, "Okay, I meet the qualifications, I've been chosen, I accept the role," then it should be no big deal to sign a waiver and let the do a, a routine criminal background check, a routine check with their alma maters, a routine you know you know yada 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 to prove all the all of the guidelines that I lay forward. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's it's really. I mean, I can't think of an, any objection. I mean, why wouldn't I like that plan? What's wrong with it? I can't think uh, of anything. Well, if you were a if you were a, a a person who put the party before before the the country, then you would hate it. Mm-hmm. And if you and you would hate it if you were of a right away, every special interest on the right or left will instantly recognize that there's no way they the free rides over. Yeah. It, they can corrupt it now. The enemy of good is perfect, and will there be corrupt senators and corrupt representatives even by selection? You bet your ass. Mm. But it won't be all of them. What we've done now is we've institutionalized corruption and called it legal, like. A good Mm. example, again, I'm going to use Biden as an example. The man's net worth is about $10 million, and he's never worked an honest day in his life. He's never held any job but politics. He was the youngest senator ever elected at the time. He's never produced a fucking thing. How does this guy have multiple residences? How is it possible? How how does he do it on $175,000 a year? That's his current salary. Mm -hmm. No, no. That was the salary in the Senate. Okay. How the fuck did he get all that money? Answer, legalized corruption. Right. You're saying we're going to suck all of that shit out of the system. It's not going to disappear from the face of the earth, but it will be gone from the system. The Justice Department will find it far easier to investigate the small handful of pieces of shit that try to take money under the table who are dumb enough to... to, And by the way, the press then becomes the greatest private detective of all because now that they don't have to suck up, they can do what Woodward and Bernstein did back in the day when there was still a press and brought down Richard fucking Nixon. Okay. Those kind of reporters will come back again. The enemy of the people become the defender of the people again. They were the free press is the most important defense of of the Bill of Rights, which is the only thing that makes America unique. Majority rule does not. Lots of con, dictatorships have majority rule. Russia has majority rule. How do I know that? Because if the majority didn't like Putin, he'd be gone. They, they'd have a revolution. They pull him down. That's mm-hmm. how I know she is. Bye bye. Right. He's gonna he's gonna end up being very unpopular because the truth will out, and he's gonna come down. That's mm-hmm. majority rule. That's mob rule. Okay, mm-hmm. we're not going to have that. That party has to go. America is special because we protect the rights of the minority and, most importantly, the individual. Right, and it individual. doesn't matter. And there's no such thing as – well, you can offend somebody, but, like, you know, toughen up. You know, insult is part of life. It's not, it's not a transgression. People don't have to be protected from it. In fact, a good old-fashioned "you're a motherfucker" is good to snap somebody into reality every now and then. Well, I appreciate you snapping me back into reality today by saying, "Hey, you're a little too focused on this alien shit. Why don't you come back down to earth a little bit?" Listen, I don't know what the aliens. I don't even think. I, I don't really know what the fuck they are. They're unidentified. Let me just say, I take the word ident- "unidentified" very seriously. Right. Until I see "I" in front of it, identified. I don't know what the fuck it is, and everything else is bullshit. But there are a lot of people making money from it, and God bless them because it's a free market. And see, here's the thing. That's a good example. Look, I clearly think people who give money to these people are being scammed. But you know what I think? 
I think it's a big world. You're a grown up. It's your money. It's a voluntary transaction. You pays your money. You takes your chances. No one needs to protect you. You're not a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it, it's if it looks and sounds too good to be true, it always is. Believe me, I used to be a crook. I know what it is to make something sound and look too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Stop falling for this bullshit. Stop falling for it. Take a little time to recognize reality. Well, the, yeah, exactly. It all ties back to what is reality? You know, can can we trust what we see and how do we deal with reality? It's Our reality is anything that there is no reputable study or proof con- contrary to it. It becomes unreality if anyone ever proves the difference, which is what science is. Science is a process of constantly trying to disprove the proven. Okay. That's what I don't think a lot of, you know, when you see it, the, the most dangerous term in science would be a consensus. There's there's never a, a real scientific consensus because the whole job of a scientist is that there are rooms full of physicists right now disproving things that Einstein said. And if Einstein were alive today, he'd be proud of them. Okay, you you have to. And he disproved, for example, the ether. It was Einstein who said the black matter in the universe is not ether, which is what everyone thought it was before Einstein. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's objective reality. You are looking at me on a screen and there's not a shred of proof to disprove that that's what's going on. That's real. Mm. But, and the, other, and the other thing is, is that when people say, but it's the truth, truth and reality are not, truth is perspective, always. Okay, what is good, what is bad? It's your perception of it. Okay, mm-hmm. and yes, there are absolute evils like genocide. And yes, there are absolute goods, although I can't think of one off the top of my head. Certainly not Mother Teresa, who was a real corrupt piece of shit. Another story for another day. But she was. She was a cunt. I, you know, she was, Teaser, I'll have you back. No, no, you don't have to have me back. Christopher Hitchens wrote a great book on it. Go read Christopher Hitchens' book on Mother Teresa. Mm. It, it's, Motherfucker it was, Teresa, sounds like. Well, at the time, he was an investigative reporter at, uh, I want to say The New Yorker, but I could be wrong. But rego- Or was it? Anyway, it was, what, it was a reputable magazine. Anyway, he did a expose and it was she never refuted it because it was all true and she was just a cunt i mean i mean here's here's the bottom line all that time she ran that hospice in the center of of india and was raising billions of dollars from private donors it never got any better at the hospice and she never spent a dollar on preventing for example she was opposed to birth control in india for christ's Mm. sake okay Mm. i you know she was not an agent of good so uh, to me there is no absolute good Okay, there are shades of less gray and there are shades of really dark gray. And that's how life real that's objective reality. So that, you know, brings you to what has become the guiding philosophy of my life and of anti-politism, which is Taoism. And Taoism says and it says it's better to be busy doing nothing. It's better to do nothing than to be busy doing nothing, which translates to ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. The best thing to do about anything is nothing. Just let it work itself out. Where would we be, okay, if Woodrow Wilson wouldn't have intervened in World War I and wouldn't have tried to fix? He thought the Constitution was broken. He, spe- he, he was explicit that he thought that the idea that a Congress could overrun a pre- overrule a president was ridiculous. And he wanted to imperialize and successfully imperialize the presidency. And here we are. What would have happened mm. if he just did nothing? This, which is why, by, by the way, the greatest president in American he- history is William Henry Harrison, who died 31 days into office, so he didn't have enough time to fuck everything up. Mm. I guess life, no, I mean, that's that's funny aside and, and point taken. I'm, I'm, I'm deadly serious. I know, I, no, I, I know, I know. 
And I guess the point is we, our task as humans is to figure out what's real, what's true and operate based Just on that reality. Out, here it is, man. You don't know. And I don't know. It's like talking about AI. We have, we have people in the Congress right now, like Elizabeth Warren talking about regulating AI. You know what I know? I know that I know more about AI than Elizabeth right. Warren. Okay. That's what I know. And I don't know that much. Okay. I'm not Lex Friedman. Who's a fucking AI scientist. If I want to know about AI and I had access to him, I'd ask Lex Friedman. And if I or some other qualified scientist, and he, and you know what Lex Friedman says? Because I watch him all the time. He doesn't know. Nobody knows where it's going. How do you impose regulations coerced by a monopoly on force over something that might be the greatest good in the history of mankind mm. by people who are only in power because they're sociopaths and can raise a lot of money? I, I, I guess every I guess every generation has its challenges, and we are living in an amazing time with technology, as you started talking about, not always positive per se, but an amazing well, time. I don't know how AI is going to turn out, but I know perfectly well the people that are actually dealing with it know a lot more than the fucker idiots. Who, it's like the people, who, for example, the, right now the Justice Department, the antitrust division, is trying to block the merger of Spirit Airlines with JetBlue because it's an, an antitrust violation. What, that's a monopoly? You're going to right. take one shitty little airline and combine it with another little shitty airline and they're going to become a monopoly? What the fuck? Why not yeah. let them... Why is the government even involved in that decision? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you know, the American car industry is done. It's done. The, EV, the EVs have killed it. EVs are going to turn out... And it was easy to predict, as you know I did, from the very beginning, that EVs were going to be a fucking disaster. From I knew EVs were a phony from the start. And, and by the way, and you know how I know that everyone's figured it out? because you can't sell a used one. No one wants them. Mm -hmm. And they have a limited shelf life. Like, for example, if you said to me today, Herbie, what be, I'm, I'm going to buy a, uh, a fifth-wheel RV. What should I get? I'd say, go out and buy a used diesel truck. They're going to be good for a million miles. The fucking things never break. Okay? Right. An EV at 100,000 miles, they're done. They're right. done. Okay? And no one knows what to do with the batteries, which are completely toxic. Okay, and they're gonna. The only thing we know to do is bury them, and they forget the fossil fuel cost of mining all that shit in the first place that we don't have enough of. And you know, I mean, the whole thing's stupid. And if we elected our leaders with the if we chose our political this, system, you know what we would have done? Because a rational person would have said there are three things that human beings do well. Okay, when it comes to an emergency, there there are three things that we can do, and we do two of them well. The one thing that we've never done in the history of mankind is prevent anything. I can't think of a single example of where a, a country, a people, or a government ever prevented a fucking thing. I, I mean, if you, can, if you can name one, go ahead. But we're not going to prevent climate change. Just forget it. We don't even know about the climate of what we don't know. I mean, you know, who only knows what really goes on? We don't know. But here's the two things we do well if it turns out to be true. We mitigate. We have historically, human beings are great at mitigating. I would, for example, if the sea levels rise, the Dutch have been building dikes for 400 years. The, they, they know how to hold back the sea. They're right now, the, the Dutch are in, are in um, Bangladesh doing exactly the same thing for Bangladesh, which is, by the way, one of the fastest growing economies in the world because they're holding back the sea. We know how to do that. We're not going to watch mm -hmm. the water rise up our knees. That's number one. So, And the other thing we do really great as human beings is we invent shit. I mean, baby, it was 100 years ago that it was barely over 100 years ago it was the Wright brothers, for Christ's sake. Okay, and in 1924, there was no combat plane that wasn't a biplane, okay, with a single engine propeller. I mean, just look where technology has gone. 
I mean, in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And now with, with the speed of computing and AI coming on, we will invent. We have, for, for example, we have successfully had nuclear fusion, finally. The problem is it took more energy to make the fusion than it produced, but we will solve this. How do I know that? Because we human beings invent anything we can think of. Can you think of an exception to that? No. And has any government anywhere ever invented an industry out of thin air? No. So what made us believe that our government, who is literally, here, here's a, 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 a challenge. I challenge anyone who hears or sees me today to send me a message describing a government program, a federal program that works the way it was intended. Mm -hmm. Just name me, name one. But I promise you, it doesn't, you I'm going to save you a lot of time. Every single federal program is fucked up. Every single one. Okay. Well, strong points, man. I appreciate you coming on and giving me a full dose, beating me, be, beating me over the head with uh, a radical reset. Mm. Appreciate Maybe, your time. You know, we got to put the message out and we have to put it out fast. Because if we don't, listen, if we don't, if people don't like get behind, get behind the ball on this one, it's mm -hmm. going to roll over us all. And it's going to be ugly. The depression that's coming is going to make the Great Depression. And I, this, I take... Not one ounce of pleasure in this, if I'm right. Not not mm -hmm. even a a, a a a single cell of me wants to be right about this. But I'm going to be right, and it's going to be a depression that's going to make the Great Depression a happy memory in comparison. I'm just it's saying. A, it's a frightening prospect, and I hate to leave it on that note, but I'll have to talk to you off air. What's one thing we can do to mitigate? Should I buy be growing my own food? I mean, seriously. You, you want me out with something a person could do right now. Okay, I'll give you two things to do. Number one is behave like a Mormon. Okay, so Mormon families stockpile one year of food in their garages or basements, freeze-dried, canned. They have, there are companies, you can go on Amazon and find them, that prepare this stuff. And I've actually tried it because I have some now, and it's pretty good. What they do is they rotate their stock. You know, when the apocalypse doesn't come, they'll eat some, they'll buy some, they'll move it around, new thing. stock in some food. If COVID should have taught you anything with, with the diaper shortage and the paper towel shortage is that our supply chains are a fragile thing. If we have a depression like I'm talking about, it will be problematic whether you're going to be able to eat. I suggest it not now. Will they come back online? Will they be restored? Yes. I, I, I don't, I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I think I'll tell you what I do. I have 90 days for a two people supply in my home, which is 180 days. And that's assuming a 1500 calorie a day diet. Which, mm -hmm. if I was really in trouble, I could shave down to about a thousand. All I do is get spelt, and I could survive about a year if I pushed it out on that. The other thing I suggest is um, that you buy, with any investment money you have, precious metals or Bitcoin. No other, by the way, no other crypto, just Bitcoin. And the reason Bitcoin is the only Bitcoin, in my view, and I realize it's out of favor, but if you've been watching the price, it's over forty-two thousand. That's not some kind of fucking coincidence. It's not right. some coincidence. It's because it's the hardest asset ever invented. Um, if you can't out alter the algorithm, it's right. the one thing you can't fuck with. There's a limited supply; it can't be fucked with by central banks. Now, do I? What I want to bet my entire fortune—if I had a fortune—what I want to bet my entire fortune, or whatever you have your savings on Bitcoin alone? No, you diversify. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. You put 20% in the Bitcoin, you put 20% in the gold, and you put 20% in the silver, and you put 20% in the palladium, and the last 20%. You keep in uh, junk silver, like a, like a Mormon does. Junk silver, by the way, are old 
unclad silver coins pre 19 whatever they were i think pre 1971 silver coins before they clad them with copper that are really silver but they're called junk because they're they were in circulation they have chips all over them and marks they're not collectible but you can go to a a, a reputable coin dealer and buy them in any city you live in for basically the weight of the silver and then you take that bag and you literally put it in a safe in your house the best safe you can possibly have would be a floor safe set into concrete so if you own your own house and you have a concrete foundation by all means set a floor because you can't dig it out okay no one's going to be able to dig it out but if you can't do that then hide a safe in the house make sure it's fireproof and and put your coins in there okay <laughs> and the other thing is and i'm not being hysterical every single american should have a loaded shotgun in their house it's the best mm -hmm. personal defense weapon right. not a pistol um I'm not telling you to get a, a sawed off, but there are there are assault models available with shorter barrels that are designed just for that. And the reason I suggest a shotgun to protect yourself is because it's hard to miss. You just have to basically point it in the right direction to pull the trigger. Mm. You don't. Have, it, they aren't. You know, sometimes in the movies you see a guy with a shotgun. I just saw this on Reacher the other day, like picking guys off at at 100 yards with a shotgun. Bullshit. <laughs> you can't pick off anybody at 100 yards. But if they're coming through your front door. And you turn to them with a 12 gauge and you unload it on them they're dead mm. okay and you don't have to be accurate they're going right. at the very least they're going down okay mm. so and look at the rioting that we've had just with the tribalism that we've created and what right. could easily happen so my like advice, anderson cooper says the layer and he might be quoting someone the layer of civilization is quite thin well, I think well, one guy said it was the fourth turning that we're in the, this is the mm -hmm. fourth turning or some bullshit. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah. but look, behave like a Mormon is my advice. Do what a Mormon does. That doesn't mean I'm telling you to convert to, I'm not going to convert to Mormonism. I'm, I, I've never read the Book of Mormon. I just live in a state with lots of Mormons and they live, they are a living example of exactly how, how most people should live their lives anyway. Hmm. Great nuclear families, mm -hmm. husbands that mean it, wives that mean it, children that are, and parents who do things together and who prepare mm. for the worst while living as happily as they possibly can because they're not fucking stupid. Okay. Mm. So emulate the Mormons. Don't worry whether I know the Christians are going to, you know, I'll get angry letters. They're a cult. They're a cult. <laughs> Please let's save that one for another day. Just do what they do. And you're, you, and you have a chance to make it. Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much Herb, for your time. Amazing conversation, and I'm going to call Spencer Worthington, who is a kid who moved into my neighborhood when I was about 10 or 11. He was Mormon, so I, I have friends with him on Facebook. I think I'll hit him up right after this. Spencer will tell you that I'm right. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's a great way to live anyway. If, if, yeah. if we all live like Mormons, we don't, this country would be a happy place. No shit. Traditional mm -hmm. nuclear family intact. Yeah. You know, I mean... It's interesting. I, I know Mormon women, and they work. And, and no one's keeping them in the... You know, modern technology has made it stupid when people say you want, they want to put them back in the kitchen. Look, you know, the, we, we have dishwashers. We have washer dryers. You know, women don't have to go out and beat the rocks against the stream. If they want, they can do it all. You can have a family and have a career. Right. You know, you, but you just have to recognize certain realities of life and live like a family and stop abandoning your children because you're offended one day. Or, or Keep it real. Bullshit. Keep it real. Keep it real. It's another discussion yeah. for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Herb, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. My Always pleasure. Have time, you. Thanks for having me. Yep. Adios, sir. Adios.